Any questions tonight? Yes. Um, the other night you were talking about Nanda Maharaj. Nanda Maharaj Ki Jai. Worshiping Lord Vishnu and following Akadashi and like pretty much following Bhai Maharaj's um, path. So what was his goal? What was the goal of the British Basis if they were... They wouldn't have wanted to go to heaven. Well, the goal of the Bridgebasis actually um, does come up in that uh, chapter that I was citing from. I think I might have touched on it a little bit, but this is the, uh, the sequence of events, as you may know, in Bhagavatam or not, um, in the 10th canto, the narrative of Sukadev are not always in a chronological order as they are um, in some other Puranas where they lack the ecstasy and the rasa of, of Sukadev. Hmm? Sukadev, of course, is, was, a, was a Brahmavadi who uh, uh, was uh, blessed with bhakti hmm? in the form of hearing the Bhagavad narrative from his own father. And he paid close attention to that. And um, he ultimately became the speaker of the Bhagavad. Jiva uh, Sanatana Goswami Prabhupada, in his read Bhagavatamrita commentary, characterizes uh, Sanatana Prabhu as a developing Madhurya Rasa Prajbasi. Hmm? So it's an example of a, of a jnani coming to bhakti and in, in an extreme sense. Hmm? This is the central figure, one of the central figures, of course, of the Bhagavatam narrative, the narrator himself. Um, Sanatan Goswami in the, I think, the 15th chapter of the 10th canto of the Tenakasur Lila, which, the end of which, the poor virag of Krishna and the gopis there, Feelings of separation in in romantic love for one another that in that arise out of the inability in the beginning to share and express and exchange and confirm their feelings for one another as the feelings arise. This is called purvarag. It's a kind of kind of separation, <clears throat> and. Um, at the end of the Dinakusur Lila, as Krishna, Balaram, and the cowards head home, of course, um, uh, this is brought out. So that 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 tenth, that fifteenth chapter, the tenth canto, takes us in a summary from the beginning, Gopastami of the Pogonda Lila, to the beginning of the uh, Kishore Lila of Krishna and the Purvarag. In the Prakat Lila, of course. Everything is not happening all at once like it is in the Aprakat Lila. It's more linear, so the gopis have pure romantic love for Krishna, but it's not expressed until they become of age to express it. And similarly, the case is the same for Krishna. So, anyway, that's the beginning of the description of Purvarag. There's very, very, only a couple of verses, but it's very, very beautiful, very profound. Um, and um, in his commentary there, Sanatana uh, Goswami says, at this point in the Bhagavad narrative, uh, 
Sukadev Goswami is, is now beginning to see himself as a member, as a participant in that Leela, hmm? in the Gopi Bhav that he says he's, he's a, a, uh, um, affected by in Brihad Bhagavatamrita. Sanatana Goswami Ki Jai, Sukadev Goswami Ki Jai. So how exciting what the, how the Bhagavat narrative can affect one. It's a form, of course, the Bhagavat narrative of Kirtan. So don't think the Kirtan has stopped with, with Agni and Mitra. <laughs> putting down, everybody putting down the instruments. Sugadev Goswami is said to have become perfect by Kirtan. Hmm? Of course, Nam Kirtan... It, once, it, once I, I sat with Godadar Pran, a godbrother of mine, some of you know, who uh, left Prabhupada's service and uh, um, still remained a Godia, but um, <clears throat> uh, had kind of questionable perspective from our point of view. And I uh, happened to meet him in, in Navadweep, and we were talking, um, and I emphasized the importance of Kirtan. And he said, yes, Leela Kirtan. Leela Kirtan. Hmm? Um, he's quite well, quite a read, well-read fellow in his, in his own way, but he certainly erred in that statement because um, it's very clear from the uh, uh, writings of the founding charges that no form of Kirtan has, is more efficacious than non-Kirtan. Puranic narrative is a type of kirtan. Certainly the Bhagavad narrative of Sukadeva is also a type of kirtan, and it's powerful. We see Sukadeva became perfect by that. Leela kirtan is there. That is higher, in one sense, you might think. The Nam kirtan, and that everybody can participate in Nam kirtan, but Leela kirtan may require more qualification to sing about the Leelas with, with feeling and so forth or guna, rupa, kirtan, about Krishna's qualities, about Krishna's uh, form, and so forth. Whereas, the beauty and the power, of course, of the name is what? It said, what's in a name? Right? And really everything. I've said before, if someone says, oh, somebody called, did you get his name? Right? If you get his name and you can track him down, you can find out everything about him. Nowadays they have, we have a number, they have like a, a social security number, something they can steal your whole identity, right? Identity theft just by, by your name, your number. Hmm? So all that there is about Krishna can be, Hari, the big thief, can be retrieved back, <laughs> so to speak. And we captured just by the station of his name. So, within the name is the is the is the rupa. Within the name is the guna qualities, the form, the quality. Within the name is the lila, hmm? and along with the lila are all the parshatas. Can't have lila without them. So, guna, rupa, guna, parshat, lila, all in the all in the name. Hmm? Um, so. <coughs> Um, this type of kirtan, of course, has been emphasized by Mahaprabhu. It's the, it is the method to the madness of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. 
which is the extreme form of Braj Bhakti. And Sukadeva is making his way there through the Bhagavat uh, narrative and it, in in the auspicious company of such a qualified uh, student that he is, his very name uh, uh, speaks to us about his uh, qualification, the, the level of, it implies he had a great level of interest, his inquiry, the inquirer, Parikshit Maharaj. Of course, we, we here to emphasize that point, what, that he heard the narrative of Srimad Bhagavatam for seven days and seven nights, hmm? in other words, without sleeping, without eating, without taking time for drinking, Somehow he lived without drinking. How? Well, very simple. That would be medically impossible. I think you, I don't think you can live for without drinking for seven days, and then you can fast from food for for much longer. But but a very simple explanation. He was drinking the nectar. <laughs> Why you need water if you're drinking nectar? Amritam, Harikatamritam, Taptajibanam. Kavibiriditam kalmasapaham, Shavanamangalam srimaratatam, Uvigrananti e buriradhanaha. Gopi speak, Mahaprabhu like this verse. Sarvabhoma wisely gave it to Raj Prataparudra Dolam. Sing this verse. When Mahaprabhu goes into a trance, in dressed in ordinary Vaishnava dress, and then he'll wake up and embrace you, which is the king wanted to make some acknowledgement from Mahaprabhu, who was refusing to be in any way seen in his sannyas identity as being compromised. Hmm? For example, bought and paid for by the king. Hmm? So he refused all the king's efforts, but Sarvabhoma coached him how to go in the back door. Hmm. At any rate, uh, the power, right, of uh, of, of Krishna Nam. <clears throat> so, uh, Sukadev's uh, narrative of the um, of the Bhagavatam, and somehow we got there in relation to your question, but um, but um, the chapter that I was speaking about in reference to Ikadasi there, the uh, 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 question comes up in the minds of the Brajabhasis as to what is their goal? Hmm? You ask, what is their goal? They're practicing Vaidhi Bhakti. What is their goal? Right? Hmm? Sugadev is a, is, a, is a is a sadhana siddha as he's depicted in the Bhagavatam. So his goal is clear, right? That he's talking about people who um, are the goal hmm? to a, to attain what uh, they embody and follow in their footsteps. Nonetheless, the storyline is uh, of them in this world and. They're engaged uh, in 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 Vaidhi Bhakti, in Varnashram. I had it was brought into a, 
a, exchange with a godbrother of mine who has uh, dedicated his life, his sannyasi, this is his own statement, dedicated his life to establishing Daiva Barnashram. Hmm? And um, another devotee, I had said something at the request of a certain devotee and about the Barnashram, and he sent it to that devotee and asked that devotee to respond to me about it, which I wasn't looking for, but anyway, it, it comes to you of its own. So we ended up in this ex- exchange. And uh, I said, well, I'm not that interested in establishing Daiva Barnashram. He, he said, well, Bhakti Vinod speaks, you know, uh, constantly about Daiva Barnashram hmm? uh, over and over again throughout his, his books. And so I asked him, can you show me one place in any book of Bhakti Vinod where he uses the term Daiva Barnashram? It's, he doesn't use it anywhere. <laughs> so I wanted to point that out to him. I said, it appears in one letter hmm, to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, where he says, and you are already working to establish the Daiva Varnashram. Please continue with that and, and other things. Hmm? Um, so it was a good starting point, <laughs> I, I thought. And then um, uh, uh, I said, but he, of course he does speak about Varnashram. In Jiva Dharma, he speaks about it in one way, which is a book that was written for the Indian public hmm, to help the Indian public, and it was written in Bengali and the Bengali public to understand Varnashram religion in relation to Bhakti, in relation to Gyan, and and to understand the Goswami's perspective on Bhakti. Ultimately, the book culminates in a, like a summary of the Ujjwal Nilmani. Hmm? Prior to that, it's 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 a, a, a summary of the Goswami's teachings in the Sandarbhas, and prior to that, some perspective from the Bhagavatam itself, uh, which is included in the Goswami's writings on, as I say, Varnashram and in relation to in relation to Bhakti and uh, Gyan and Yoga and so on and so forth. So, um, <clears throat> um, and I said. And from from my point of view, well, I go with what Prabhupada has said himself two or three times, and I cited them where he said, actually, it is impossible to reestablish Varnashram. It is impossible, it is impossible. Therefore, he said, we should just do Namsan Kirtan. Hmm? Hmm. He wrote back and said, it may be impossible, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't we shouldn't try for it. Hmm? I said, but Prabhupada is saying we shouldn't try for it because it's not practical. Instead, you should do Harinam, introduce Harinam to everybody. Hmm? Um, so he said, well, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do it. And, uh, and, and Prabhupada did want it if it could be done. And I said, well, you know, the best you're going to do is come up with some half-baked idea of accepting this aspect of it and rejecting that aspect because it's not practical. It's somewhere in some little community that you've got somewhere. And any person who's actually, if you could find somebody in the world who's a strict follower of Varnashram, would, wouldn't include you as being a Varnashrami. You know, practically speaking, you're a Westerner 
you're an outcast, you're a Dalit, you know, you're, you're an outcast, you're uh, not part of Varn Ashram. Hmm? And Bhakti Vinod Thakur explains in Jabra outcasts can also take to Bhakti fully, so they don't have to become Varn Ashram, he's to take to Bhakti and so forth. I said to him, but, but I would love to live in a Varn Ashram community, I mean, uh, that'd be great, hmm? as it is very supportive. Uh, and it, you know, it, it looks at the world in a very, very beautiful way, hmm? with uh, you know uh, gods overlooking everything and respected in all, all corners and so forth. Anyway, that went back and forth for a while, and long and short of it, in the end, I said, I said anyway. Regardless, um, uh, I don't think it's practical, and I'm going with that side of Prabhupada. You know, you go with the other side. I said, good luck with it. Time, time will tell how successful you are. How long have you been doing it now? Hmm. You know, looking since Prabhupada, you know, left 1977. It's it's a while now. Hmm. How far, have you, how long have you got? You might want to use that as a measuring stick to see the practicality of of establishing the Varnashram. Hmm. And so. Uh, um, I said, for me, I'll admit, I don't know whether to pass urine, which which direction to pass urine. I don't know. <laughs> That's Varnashram. <laughs> I don't know. But I hope to figure that out when I take birth in the Brajalila. That's what I call the Daiva Varnashram, the divine Varnashram. Hmm? In, 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 in the in the Lila and, and and I'll learn it there. I'll be a natural there. I'll be born into the Varnashram system plus. And so uh, so then he actually told me actually uh, uh, there's more than one direction to point. <laughs> <laughs> to point your whatever. <laughs> And, and he said, it depends on the time of the year, <laughs> the time of the day. <laughs> you can't face the sun, you can't face the moon. I said, well, I guess we're going to have to replace the world plumbing system <laughs> to spread Krishna consciousness. <laughs> I'm not sure that's, that's practical. <laughs> but uh, I'm into the dive of Arnashram. I also said that, that I said that Really, what Bhaktivinoda Thakur meant by the Daiva Varnashram was the system of Varnashram as it is explained in the seventh canto of the Bhagavatam, which respects fully Uttam Bhakti. It's enunciated by Prahlad, who's an Uttam Bhakti. He speaks about Varnashram and um, that in relation to uh, Bhakti. It's very clear there in the text also that the Varna for example, is determined by quality rather than birth, although birth often determines qualities and actions of a person um, and so forth. And um, it's it's distinguished from Uttam Bhakti, but how they could, you know, work together, so to speak. Whereas at the time of Bhakti Vinod in Bengal, there was a Brahminical, uh, really, what do one would say, the um, what were they called from the Shankar lineage, um, the the Brahmins, 
Smart to Brahmins. The Smart to Brahmins. Hmm? They ha- had a, a you know grip on the religious society at large in India, a kind of a monopoly, um, and um, and so their perspective on bhakti, what to speak of on on Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which was a newer, if you will, uh, development, and which was in a state of kind of disrepair at the time of Bhakti Vinod. He was a great renovator of the tradition, as you know, so it wasn't highly respected in its homeland in, in, in Godadesh, in Bengal, because of being misunderstood, misrepresented. And that partly to or largely to due to the idea that it transcends Varnashram. Hmm? And so people who had no caste because they were not properly religious and following sometimes to declare themselves followers of Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya, I don't need a caste, something like that. And they were abused uh, the, uh, the, the, the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So at any rate, uh, the, the Varnashram of the, of the time was disrespectful of bhakti and it therefore was thought that Brahmanism, for example, was superior to Vaishnavism. And so that was termed by Bhakti Vinod Asura Varnashram. And by contrast, he wanted the Daiva Varnashram, which is the normal Varnashram system, the normal system. So he wanted Bhakti Siddhanta to establish that. And my comment was that's what he did in his preaching. He didn't go and start a Varnashram community. He preached what is actual Varnashram in relation to bhakti. And therefore he established through his preaching and his writing further what Bhakti Vinod had, had tried to do. Hmm? What is Varnashram? It's already established. <laughs> uh, bhakti Vinod, as I said, wrote about it in a particular way in Jaiva Dharma in Bengali. His other book, Chaitanya Shikshamrita, was written in English for the Western public. And he talks about Varnashram differently there. Hmm? In a more broad terms and uh, acknowledges given different cultures, this will have to be aspects of this have to be dismissed and so on and so forth. And so, uh, you know, I knew a little bit about the subject. Hmm? And I, as I say, I concluded that I'll be a Daiva Barnashrami in the, in, the, in the Leela. That would be the, that's the divine form to get to your question of Varnashram. So in one sense, we find Varnashram in, 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 the, in the Braj Leela, right? We find Vaiti Bhakti in the Braj Leela. You may note in the Braj Leela, however, the... There is a there is the comical uh, figure, the Priyanarma and Vidusaka Madhu Mangal, who represents the Brahman of Braj, who is a mockery, you know, <laughs> in the name of a Brahman. So very subtly, if not so subtly, within the Bhagavad itself narrative of the Leela and the Varnashram sensibilities, it's making fun of the of the Brahms who are said to be in Kali Yuga uh, mis- misrepresenting, right? That's a big point 
the beginning of the Bhagavatam, the uh, uh, the, the Varnashram. What's the example? The example is that the son of was it Somakarishi? No. That's another instance. No. Shingi. Right. He uh, cursed. He was, a, he was a Brahmin boy. He cursed the Raj Parikshit, who was a who was a Chatri, but who was a Vaishnav, because he came to the Raj's um, hermitage. Oh, excuse me. Yes, Parikshit came to the Rishi's hermitage, and the Rishi Shingi Shingi Rishi was in a was in a trance and and and. Okay. Was in a trance. So the king was not welcomed, uh, and he garlanded the the the, uh, the sage with a snake, dead snake or something like that. Um, this is very very. You know, there's a in the, the Bhagavatam is a beautiful chapter towards the end of the first canto about the qualities of Parikshit Maharaj. I mean. And we mentioned him earlier. He's, he was such an exceptional devotee. So you have to put all of that in place and balance that against this very uncharacteristic activity of the Raj, who seems to lose his temper and his cool. After all, the, the, how can the Rishi greet him? He's in a trance. Why did he do like that? It, it's a, and and it's it, it, and it was wrong to do. But it's so out of character for Maharaj Prichit, who we find was so sense-controlled, given his raga, he was so detached because of his attachment to Krishna, who had he had known from within the womb, right where Krishna saved him from the Brahmastra, Brahmastra of um, Ashvatthama. And his whole life was looking for that to reunite with that that person, hmm? from so he's a very extraordinary uh, person, and so you have to look at all of that, and then look at that unbecoming act in relation to that. Hmm? On the one side, of course, we have apichet sudarachoro bhajate mamanandyabak sadureva samantavya samyangravasito isa. Krishna says in the Gita. My devotee, listen up, with a big heart. It's like the, right in the end of the ninth chapter, all about bhakti. He's talking about bhakti, and now he's talking about his bhaktas. And he says, my devotee, even if they do something like Brikshit Maharaj did, very misbehaved, sudurachar. Durachar means, achar means behavior, durachar, bad, super bad. Super dura, surat, sudurachar. Uh, even if they act like that, don't criticize them. They're my devotees, hmm? because they're situated as my devotees, then they're 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 worshipable. So even the next verse could be interpreted. Follow that. Chipram bhavati dharma can be interpreted to say that if you glorify their sudurachar, then you will become <laughs> of good character. Hmm? As in the case of the gopis, they had sudurachar, hmm? right? They 
stepped outside of the Daiva Varnashram and uh, acted inappropriately. Mm-hmm. That should be glorified, and we'll become so uh, purified by that. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, you have to look at the Maharaj's, Prichit Maharaj's character, and you understand something going on here. There's something else in play here. And of course, what's in play is Krishna's arrangement so that the Bhagavatam could be spoken by Sukadeva and Parikshit Maharaj would be the, the hearer. Hmm? So Krishna sometimes arranges for great devotees to do something out of character, for purposes of his own. Hmm? So we should be careful in our evaluation of the of, of the Vaishnavas. <clears throat> so, um, so what? Um, so, uh, uh, so how do we go there? So the, so the. Uh, the objective of the Yeah, I'm not sure how we got into Parikshit's uh, character, but. But <laughs> too many points. But um, at any rate, um, Prichard is a, p- a good character, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Brahmins. So right. So the Brahmins. It's said in the big, right at the onset of the Bhagavatam, giving this story that Kali Yuga is characterized by the corruption of the Brahminical caste class. Now, how are you going to establish Varnashram in Kali Yuga if it's, you know, characterized by corruption of the Brahmins? Well, you could say we're going to make uncorrupt Brahmins, but it's almost like, you know, that's going against the grain of Kali Yuga. They are the so um, so, and and in Italy, as I say, there is the Daiva Varnashram, and if you look carefully at it, there the Bhagavatam is, is is even in the context of the Leela, taking a poke here and there at Varnashram. Indeed, well. The gopis are another example, right? They're glorified for violating the Varnashram standards in the Bhagavatam, hmm? in the Leela, in, in in Braj, where everybody's a follower of Varnashram. Hmm? Um, so everyone's a follower of Varnashram in terms of its being the social system and kind of holds the thing together. But what's really, really fueling it, of course, is their, is their bhava. Hmm? So... How, therefore, the Brajbasis are characterized, how they should be understood is they should be looked at as, what is Baladev's term? Uh, there's this, he has three terms for three types of devotees Sanista. The other third one is Nirapeksha, and what's the in between one? No, I can't remember. Uh, Sanishta means um, that they have their devotees that have material desires. They're devotees whose bhakti is mixed with with karma. Hmm? And then there are those whose bhakti is not mixed with karma. Sanishta, parinishta, parinishta, parinishta. They're typically uh, householder devotees. Hmm? given that everybody's a householder, except a few nirapekshas, renunciates, a few, hmm? who have 
stepped away from the family life and so forth and um, um, uh, are uh, a rare few like your, your, your Sukadeva Goswami. So the Parinishta devotee lives in the Varnashram society. He or she abides by the Varnashram social system, is a good citizen and so forth, uh, observes the the Dharma, hmm? but only to set a good example for other religious people who need a good example and to be seen, therefore, in their eyes, who don't have adhikar for bhakti, that bhakti, bhaktas, have very good religious character. Hmm? Like the Pandavas were very virtuous, religious people. And this is the whole, uh, not the whole, but a large part of the thrust of the whole Mahabharat, right? Hmm? The, the, the dharmic, virtuous character of Yudhisthira, that from a moral and Varnashram, small g, good perspective, they were just so ideal. That's so prominent that the higher side, that, that they loved Krishna, hmm? that they had Sakirasa, the Pandavas and Draupadi for Krishna, is, is missed by most people. Hmm? Hmm? But so they 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 were devotees, and they had such good religious character that religious people might think it's good to become a devotee because then you you know you become a religious person and that's the goal, right? <laughs> there's, there's more to it than that. Uh, so and and therefore sometimes they they cross over too, right? Hmm? The Pandavas even for the sake of bhakti, but it's very rare that there will be some conflict between Varnashram and the moral life and and the the demands or the need of the moment with regard to bhakti. Hmm? Like Krishna said, Telamashvadham is dead, right? <laughs> Yudhisthira said, how can I tell a lie? I've never told a lie. Hmm? And it's thought that he, he, did, he did it. Ashvatama is dead. Hmm? And because he hesitated and he whispered, then he had to see hell for a minute. Sorry. Something like that. Uh, so to, just to, to lie, Krishna says, Sarvadharman prajamami kam saranam braja. Lie for me, and then you, and you can come. Everything's, and I'll cover for you. Something like that. If I tell you to lie, lie. So it's very, it's a very, it's a very um, easy to misunderstand uh, point very very easy to misunderstand point um, many educated people very much misunderstand this uh, bhakti and uh, and um, the whole thrust of the Gita ends justifies the means kill everybody you know if you look at Nazi Germany they took from the Bhagavad Gita what was that guy that German Goebbels or somebody, Himmler. He always carried a copy of the Bhagavad Gita with him wherever he went. <laughs> the Aryans, you know, the noble, 
they, so they interpreted the whole thing politically and saw themselves as the Aryans, the, the super race, and they could kill people to, you know. So, um, uh, yeah. And so some people, modern people, some modern people and academics, they look at Hinduism as, as, as like, it's fascist, actually. It's Varnashram system. See, it's fascist. It's, it, 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 it erodes human rights. And they have make a campaign to, to, to take do away with secularize India for human rights perspective. So it's it's very uh, um, much and Christians do the, do the same thing as part of their their propaganda. They, they, the focus of academia that sees that misunderstands Hinduism in this way, you know, they misunderstand it because of their perspective, what life means, what its purpose is. Um, and so forth. They don't have a transcendent. They don't believe in the transcendental idea that there's an atma. The leading Sanskrit scholar, so-called, in the world, uh, has said that Hinduism is entirely selfish because it's all about the atman. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, how mis- much of a misunderstanding can you have, right? Hmm? It's all you're all about yourself, right? That's all it's all about. And for yourself, you you know you you'll ruin the world. So. So, so in, this is like the weakest point, so to speak, of Hinduism is the, is the Varnashram too. If you're going to promote that as your face forward, you really got a challenge in a society that is so much um, anti-hierarchical, postmodern, you know, uh, perspective. Hmm? So, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, what is it? So. Um, um, so many good good points. Uh, so the so anyway the the, the yeah the, the, it's hard to understand. You have to have good association. Yeah, to understand bhakti, and and so so there is this class of devotees. Baladev breaks it up like this: the Parinishtas, and they are, they are, they observe the Varnashram without any attachment to it. Hmm? Without that means without thinking. If I don't turn left and face west while passing urine, when the sun is rising in the east, then. It, it will affect my bhakti. They, they think whatever. Uh, they they disregard. They they have no problem disregarding the varnashram mandates, um, but they tend to observe them for the sake of the society and appear as they should uh, in their terms, in the society's terms, as virtuous people. Hmm? They're virtuous because they're devotees, whether they pee left or right, right? Um, uh, that whole moral system is like to cage people. Devotees, the door is open; they're out of the cage. They're all, of course, they're of good character. They're following Krishna, Vishnu, the Vaikuntha people, following them. Of course, they're of good character. That just goes without saying. Um, but um, so the Parinishta devotee. Lives in the Varnashram side, follows the Varnashram, sets a good example for others, but they're not attached to the Varnashram. Doesn't think his bhakti or her bhakti is not covered by 
by by karma. Covered means thinking that if I don't do the Varnashram, it'll, it'll affect my bhakti. If I do the Varnashram, it'll improve my bhakti. They're not under that illusion. They're uttam bhaktas of the Paranishta type, to use Baladev's uh, terminal. Then the Nirapekshas, well, they don't follow the Varnashram because they're Nirapekshas. They're not in the society. Hmm? Typically speaking, you can say the Sannyasa Ashram is in the Varnashram, but it's it's not. It's beyond the karma side of the Varnashram, right? It's the leaving of the Varnashram. Hmm? You're not in the world, anymore. and Varnashram is about the world, right? So move from karma to jnana in sannyas. That's why some people interpret the Gita statement, Sarvadharma Pratyaja, give up the Varnashram, become a sannyasi. That's how Shankar, for example, interprets it. Hmm. We say, give up the Dharma, give up the karma, and give up the gyan also, hmm. and love Krishna. Uh, so, so the so the Brajbasis, they we could look at them like as Parinishta devotees. Hmm. Now that said, they are so absorbed in the Leela. Hmm? I mean, they're completely absorbed in the Leela, so they don't think along these terms. So to speak. They're not thinking, well, I'm going to follow the Varnashram because it's a good thing to do, but actually I'm a devotee. They, they, they're, they're a little confused, actually, like most Hindu people. Hmm? And they're not sure. Uh, in some respects, it would appear, you know, where where is the Varnashram and where is the Bhakti necessarily? If we look carefully, they they, they know. Hmm? They always land on their feet. They're right. Like like I said uh, uh, when we talked about it the other night, Nanda knew what to do for Ekadasi, and the Varuna's attendant was wrong, right? They knew inherently. They they were right, but but. When the question came on their part, seeing, the, hearing from Nanda, Nanda had been captured by Varuna. Krishna went and saved him, and when he was being saved, uh, when, he, when he was saving Nanda, Varuna praised Krishna with, uh, in no uncertain terms, he said, "Om Namo, you know, Bhagavate Tu Bhim Bhagavate Brahmane Paramatmane." Bhagavan, you are par- Brahman, you are Paramatma, you are Bhagavan. Nanda's hearing this, and this, and he's in this uh, uh, underwater, you know, abode of Varuna, which is very opulent, and he, and from that extraordinary place itself, his son is being praised by the leader of that place. So he's like, "What's going on? How did I get here? And who, what? My son's?" And he was meditating on Narayan, right? Hmm? Is a codice for us, and he opens his eyes, and there he is in there, kidnapped, and, and Krishna is standing in front of him, touching his feet. And so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this. So, so when they come up surface, you know, he has to tell the story because everyone, what happened? What happened? And Nanda's trying to tell him what happened, and, and he's trying to figure it out himself what happened, what was going on, who is Krishna? And he actually, along with the others, concludes Krishna must be God. Cool. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> let's so then the, the, they think, hey, well, let's ask him what's where we're going to be in our next life. 
they, you know, they just kind of like, okay, let's move on here. And, it, and now let's, the practical question, <laughs> what will our next life be? And uh, the commentators in the Bhagavatam depict some of them as thinking, I guess we're going we're gonna to enter into Brahman or we're going to heaven or, you know, what's happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. where, where, where are we going to go? They have no idea they're going to go to Goloka, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the Leela. So Krishna, of course, then shows them Brahman. Hmm? No. no, they don't know. They're in it. They're in. They're in the, the trailer <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> the movie's the uppercut Leela, and the prakat Leela is like the trailer. Uh, to get their cat, you want to watch? You want to participate? Check it out. And so they're in the trailer. They don't know they're part of the movie. They're also in the movie at the same time. And, and those in the, the, the part of themselves, the manifestation themselves in the movie and the manifestation in the trailer don't know that they're both there at the same time. So this is uh, different than what the possibilities are for us, obviously. So they, um, so uh, Krishna dips them into, into Brahma Sayuja and takes away their prame for a minute and puts them in there and brings them out and they go, Ugh! that was oh, terrible. And then he shows them Baikuntha. Hmm? That's pretty far out. And then he shows them Goloka. And they, they, they only he only shows them himself in Goloka and the Vedas offering offering praise. Hmm? And they're thinking, wow, so that must be where Krishna's from. He comes from there. Mm-hmm. And the Vedas are praising him. Hmm? Um, but, you know, doesn't look like you can get that close to him there. We're better off here, but we shouldn't even ask the question. Let's just pay attention <laughs> to where we are in the here and the now, hmm? which is the teaching, right? Pay attention to the here and the now. The sadhana is within the sadhana, right? Mm-hmm. So everything goes back to normal. And, yeah, put the, all the such questions aside, right? So so, so one of the points, of course, is is that everything that can be attained within Varnashram is in Goloka, in the Leela. The way the Leela is portrayed with Varnashram there is, is in, in one sense, is speaking to us about that whatever can be attained in Varnashram and more is in Goloka. Whatever could be attained by Vaidhi Bhakti and more is in Goloka. So they follow the Varnashram like a Parinishta, I guess you could say, and they worship Narayan. I believe the deity in the house of Nandamaraj is the Shaligram of Nishringadev. And they ask, uh, you know, you know, what's his name? Is a sleepover. Madhu Mangal is a sleepover. He 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 lives with Krishna. After he brought into the community by um, with by Purnamasi, then she turns him over to Krishna, and they he he's a, he, he's, he sleeps over at Nanda's house. So he's the Brahmin in the house. So they have him make the offering, do the artiks, and uh, and so forth. Hmm. Um, so they're good. Vaidhi Bhaktas, they, they, Nanda and Yasoda, they, they, they got Krishna as their son because of their, their brata, one year brat, one year vow that they took in the worship of Narayan hmm, to get a son like Narayan. Hmm. They had both found that every time they thought of conceiving a son, that they would wanted a son who was more beautiful than Narayan, and then they lost, they said, well, that's crazy, we we're, we're, can't do that. And then they communicated with one another and they realized they were both feeling the same way. And so they said, well, let's pray to Narayan, see what happens. 
and of course they got uh, Krishna as their their son. So they're so the yeah they're um, um, from a, from the from in the part of the in, in context of the of the drama, they fought, they have a varnashram system and their Vaishnavas within that uh, that system worshiping Narayan and they honor all the gods and and goddesses. I'm just writing now about the a little bit about the Gopi Vastrahar and Leela where the some of the Gopas are are participated in in, in a limited way and uh, and there the Gopis are of course worshiping Katyayani. There's a couple of ways of looking at it. One way is of course they're worshiping Katyayani but they were who is a who is a who also described as Bhadrakali in the in the Bhagavatam. Um and so there's the, there's the worldly Bhadrakali and then there's the spiritual Bhadrakali, or there's the Mahamaya and there's the Yogamaya. So theologically you look at it like, well, actually they're worshipping Yogamaya. But another way to look at it is um, they're worshipping Yogamaya, but they actually think she's Bhadrakali. <laughs> In the con- they believe that, in the con- and they're fully worshiping the demigod, uh, you know, for this purpose to get a, uh, yeah. get a, get a husband. Hmm? They're in that instance maybe they're sanishta devotees, <laughs> bhakti with a desire to, <laughs> to get something worldly. So uh, yeah, that's, uh, that teaches us to. To you know, like I say, we, we want to put Varnashram in perspective. We want to put Vaikuntha in perspective, and give all honor to them. At the same time, they have their place. Hmm? We're just blessed that we're on a different uh, path that uh, that stands on the head of them. But but we bow our head nonetheless to um, uh, to both of them. How's that? Yeah. Anything else? Yes. Well, it's not really, it's not in relation to that question. Is that okay? Oh, okay, sure. Um, I just was reading in the um, Bhagavatam, and I just wanted to tell you this because I was wondering what it really was about. But um, Jiva Goswami and Sanatana Goswami said that because I'm reading the story about Kutana and her original body. It says that. Um, original form was that of an owl <laughs> and um, he killed the woman with the body of an owl when he was a child um, and then but, and she uh, flailed her arms as if trying to fly like a bird it was previously mentioned that she flew to Vraj so and sometimes Goswami says the same thing but then at the same time further on it describes that when she's getting killed by um, Krishna, she turns into this big ugly lady. Witch, yeah. like a witch. Yeah. Uh huh. Sometimes when they write, they at the Goswami state, they they say things without reference to other Puranas, where she might be described as a, as an owl, or uh, uh, or I guess, or um, typically, I think more more typically, and this is your perhaps uh, question or confusion. Um, she's described as a rakshashi of some some type of you know some type of other creature than an an owl. Uh, of course, it's said you know that if you hear the hoot owl, 
three nights in a row, means you're going to die. So the owls have some. Uh, uh, heard the hoot owl outside my window three nights in a row. It's a, it's an Indian perspective, <laughs> uh, Western. There you go. It's a North North American uh, perspective. The owl has some, you know, he's a night person, lady, whatever, and. Uh, it also yeah. I think you know along those 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 lines. Um, Howell's also said to ig- ignore uh, the existence of the sun by closing his eyes. And so there are people like owls, owl-like people, probably sees this analogy sometime, that they ignore, you know, where is God? Sridhar Marsh was asked, you know, where is God? And he said, where is he not? That's my perspective. That was Prahlad's perspective, where is he not? Rani Kasipu was like an owl, you know, he had his eyes closed to the fact that God was everywhere. Hmm? And so he denied him because he got his eyes closed. So it, it, they're not, they're, they're used in that way to uh, illustrate a, a kind of a less than godly uh, perspective. So maybe in some Puranas she's described as an owl. Hmm. Okay, and I also was wondering about an the... Owl lady. The, um, Maybe she had a human head, but an owl body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in the Prakatlila, um, so that when that go when they because I was reading that in the Krishna Sandharvas, they go from the Prakat to the Apakat, and um, but there's still Krishna in different manifestations in his all his um, in, in all his associates. They're still in the in the apricot in the material world even though they go to the spiritual world, right? Still well, in a couple of ways, yeah. I mean, it's very kind of complex. There, there's the Prakat Leela and uh, it ends and then it starts again, right? In another universe mm-hmm. is, is the way the Goswamis describe it. Um, of course, at a certain point, all the universes enfold back into Vishnu. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't affect the Doms, mm-hmm. somehow. And in the Dom, I, I, I say that there's some kind of, there's like a hard form of the Prakat Leela, which is the Leela playing itself out in a particular universe. And, and and then there's the soft form of the of the Prakat Leela. And there are two of those. And then there's the hard form of the Prakat Leela. Prakat means invisible. Mm-hmm. Prakat means visible. So, even when Krishna is, Krishna's Leela is not, the Prakat Leela is not manifest in this universe, in Braj it's going on, invisibly. Hmm? That's a soft form of the Aprakat that you can contact hmm, in Braj. Or you can contact it in another form by living in your mind in Braj when you're not physically there, also. Hmm? And then there's the hard form of the apricot, where it's actually the goloka, hmm? it's the destination, so to speak. You follow? Mm-hmm. So those are three forms of the apricot in terms of being invisible. Um, and I would say that the the softer forms of the apricot are more akin 
to the prakat leela in their nature. Hmm? So, for example, when Gopal Kumar, he didn't take birth in the prakat leela, but he took birth in Braj, and he did Nam Kirtan and Leela Smarnam ultimately in Braj, hmm? and he experienced the Braj leela in a soft form, meditative form of the apricot. He he went into a trance. He heard the sound of Krishna's flute, the Malaraga. Hmm? Was he was playing? That's uh, that's a raga that uh, uh, is is thought to uh, be able to uh, cause uh, the clouds to rain. You know the different ragas. They, in Indian music, they 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 are thought to have power to to create or, or uh, I say manifest different emotional experiences in the audience and to affect the natural world. So the malaraga, sometimes it's called mega malara, which mega means cloud. So it it can cause uh, properly played, it can cause clouds to rain. So he was playing this raga. And he heard it. He heard it. And then he, he, like like nothing he'd ever heard before. Like, and and then he saw Krishna. And it wasn't raining, but everyone was weeping. And the and the and it was coming into the village, and all the gopis, elderly gopis, were breasts were flowing with, with, with in Batsali Rasa with, with milk and the trees were pouring sap and so forth. Hmm? Such was, uh, it's more extraordinary than getting it to rain, right? So anyway, he hears this and and then he he follows, it. He, he sees Krishna and then Krishna disappears and then he, he's trying to catch him. He falls in the Jamuna and whew, in the Jamuna he's taken, suddenly transported to Goloka. Hmm? But he saw the Leela in a couple of times. That's just one time. He saw, he experienced the Leela in Braj, but he experiences it like the Prakat Leela. Hmm? So it's an uppercut Leela that's kind of reproducing the, 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 the Prakat Leela. Hmm? And, and more like it in one sense than, than the hard form of the uppercut, which we were saying the other day has different dimensions and prakashas and things going on at the same time and not as linear. Anyway. So is it in every, like, you know, Vrindavan here in this world, is it still going on there too? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. And therefore it's said in some of the Puranas that if you live in Braj and 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 and, um, become a very advanced devotee, then you can see this and you can see that you can see every fortnight you can see like like lights flashing on top of Govardhan Hill hmm? and uh, and uh, if you go to Brahmakund you can see an Ashok tree there that's always blossoming with flowers through all the different seasons and such things they, did. <laughs> they describe like this Brajadam Ki Jai Okay, I guess we we stop there. Gaur Bhakti Vrindaki Jai. Gaur Premanandi. Hari Hari Bol.